the same time, I'm never going to post about anyone that I'm dating unless I'm engaged to them. Wow. <laughs> because yeah. because the, the heightened excitement around a yeah. relationship is so intense, I don't get to explore it myself. Right. Everyone's made the decision right. where they want it to end. <sighs> I almost grabbed you for a second. Uh, <laughs> yes, that does feel, that hits me. Like, Yeah. I you, want, you want to be res- representing the testimonies. You don't want to represent what Satan's doing today. <laughs> <laughs> Come and stay a while amid the British charm that is called my brain. I'm a journalist and pastor in California, but don't hold that against me. I wasn't brainwashed. I chose to leave my atheism on my own accord, consequently after two sips of Kool-Aid. But that's for another time. These opinions are my own, most of the time. The humour was learned of a book I found in a hedge, and the dreamer in me, well, she's here to stay. So, you're very welcome. Hello, darlings. Welcome back to another very much delayed podcast. I have been uh, traveling with uh, many students um, to New York and then I went on to England um, and really just been very, very busy. However, I wanted to make sure I recorded a few podcasts before I get into a writing season. And the one I did today was actually with my friend Mike Mashiro. Um, and we were both actually quite tense and nervous about doing this, um, podcast, mainly because both of us are very single and, um, there is this tendency to feel like you have nothing to say. But I actually wanted to use Mike as, uh, the guy that I spoke to because he does honor so brilliantly in his community and with his people. And he mentors a huge amount of people. So I know he's doing a good job. I know they always grow underneath his wing. And um, so I wanted to ask him about his thoughts about honour and dating. So take a listen. I hope you enjoy it and um, and giggle all at the same time. Because we really shouldn't be taking it that seriously, darlings. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, listen. I, the reason why I want you to do this podcast is for this reason alone. Because... I have done many decades of dating. I say many as if I'm about 63 years old. <laughs> I'm, I'm 100. I'm 103 now. <laughs> the year is 2082. That's how old I would be. If I was. And um, Carrie's still a single. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. But the thing is, so here's the deal. I actually called up Mike the other day and I said, is it possible for you to come on the podcast with me and talk to me about dating, your thoughts about healthy relationships, healthy dating. No, no, no. no. You didn't say all that stuff. You said dating and that was it. And I was like, <laughs> that sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. Of all the people you can talk why? to. why? Because I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a dater. I haven't dated, like, I haven't gone on, like, probably a handful of dates in my life. Is that from choice? Yeah. yeah. Why do you not want to be? Are you like my friend Hans, who is a Franciscan monk? Yes, I'm, a, in the life I'm celibate. And the dating thing was just uh, trying to fit in with the locals here <laughs> to win them up. No, I mean... I think well, you and I talked about this at the beginning yeah. of I don't know this like this year or something, but like the idea of like the way dating is handled now culturally, I don't have a value for it. I don't love it, and I don't yeah. want to be super dogmatic about this. I just personally don't have a huge appreciation for the culture of that whole scene. So let's start with the, let's make this into three acts. Act one is the current world. Act two is the battle we have, and act three is the resolve. Wait, are you serious world. right now? The new world, yeah. That's the three-act oh, story. I'm so underprepared for this journey. I hope that you're <laughs> tour right. guiding I'll right lead now. Us, I'll lead okay, us. Okay, great. So at one, current situation of dating, what do you think it looks like? Because you and I obviously are mentors in quotes in the environment that we're in. Did you just put air quotes on that? I did. Are we not mentors <laughs> in this we environment? Are, we are. I feel like I have... Okay. But I'd always, sometimes I feel like it sort of puts me on a throne that I'm too high in, if that makes sense. Oh, no, my Do throne it. is not high enough. I'm a mentor, oh. Carrie. <laughs> you still did it in quotes. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, we see an awful lot of relationships in our journey. And also, I need to pre- preface this with, after this conversation, Mike is not going to be offering coaching to dating. That's Correct. the other thing you wanted to That's mention. one of my biggest disclaimers. This whole right. subject is, I mean, it's part of Which my aversion is, to even wanting to talk about this in absolutely. a public format. I don't want to do relationship coding, coaching or like or marriage coaching. counseling or coding or any of those things. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't, I mean, not, I don't think at some point maybe I'll do that, but I have my own, I've got stuff I'm doing that this just doesn't feel like a space. Here's the deal though. I think the irony is, is that all the stuff that you teach on and that you learn and are curious about actually builds fruit into relationships. 
And I kind of went from talking about relationships into now talking about other things like nobility and excellence. For the record, I'm silently over here shaking my head in denial, just resisting. But I'm ignoring it and still walking. (laughs) (laughs) Still talking through. But it's true. The current, the current, the reason why I wanted to talk to you honestly was because you're very honouring towards me as a single woman. And there are not many guys that do that in this environment without some sense of needing to DTR, need to have honest conversations, or someone's trying to push the pace much faster than you're wanting to go. And everyone's starting to read into things that no one's put out there. And you're very good at communication. So wow, thanks. you're welcome. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks so much. <laughs> I win. <laughs> so um, anyway, I, I just, I really wanted to gain your thoughts of it. Because also I want a guy to talk about it as well, because I think girls and guys have different thoughts about this whole subject as well indeed so i don't want just another old chick moaning about (laughs) (laughs) moaning about the current dating saga i actually wanted to talk a little bit about some of the spirits behind dating culture as well which is where you come in right okay you know that i can talk about okay but i think i'm gonna need you to like you know give me a little more guidance on what exactly it is because that i mean just such a vast subject and so many things going on it's so (laughs) we have to get it in 30 minutes yeah great We've got three acts, so this one's going to be eight, right? Sure. Okay, so we're just going to jump into this, yeah. the spiritual climate of the current dating culture yes. we have. My gosh. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll just start off with a couple of offenses that I have with the whole scenario. <laughs> oh, just, oh, good. What a great I, place to start. <laughs> offense. Yeah. yeah, that's a spirit. Um, <laughs> no, like, when I see people, obviously BSSM is its own unique uh, environment mm-hmm. that you and I both are very involved with. Yeah. I don't know that I want to just speak to that. Yeah. Maybe speaking in general, but I've found in my experience with especially mentoring people in this space of, of life where they're looking for their life partner and they're going through all the things and like making these massive decisions yeah. and working through all this drama and their own personal stuff coming up. Yeah. Um, I've found that there's a lot of, uh, first of all, the dating culture in the the church is so bizarre, right? Yeah. Like there's just a lot of fear and a lot of control and a lot of religious standards that to me feel, I don't know if unrealistic is the right word. Cause I don't want to imply that some yeah. other stuff is the solution to that, but there's definitely like an unnatural, I think perspective and constraint on what it would look like for someone to actually find someone else to meet them in this space and to build something beautiful that is authentic and life giving mm. and honest um, and so I think there has to be a lot of running around in the, in secret or in the dark. And I think because of how some of this is awkward and we don't talk about it a lot or it's not super pronounced, um, <laughs> people in that space have to like navigate even maybe even dysfunctional parts of this journey yeah. in shame and in secret and in hiding because they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to be honest and not be shamed at the same time or condemned or something, I guess. And especially when you talk, start talking about sexuality and like that becoming a component in the relationship and navigating yeah. physical boundaries and all that. I think Bethel obviously has a culture and some standards that I think are constructive and beneficial, but there's also still this strange, I don't know, it's in the air. I don't think it's necessarily Bethel, but just religion in general, maybe or Christ- yeah. like modern contemporary Christianity or something. But when it comes to how we navigate that stuff, there's, it feels high stakes, feels really intense. Like I say, even for me, like if I think about dating somebody, you automatically, like, I don't even know if I want to admit this, but you, as a Christian, and I'm assuming it's true for women too, mm. uh, you start thinking, can I marry this person? And you like, don't even know them that well. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So when we start going to this dating world and that's kind of where you're coming from, all this weird pressure and expectation gets put on the dynamic, you're, you're set up for failure. you like, you literally cannot come to a conclusion that's accurate and reasonable yeah. and desirable based on the limited exposure and information you have about the scenario, let alone the other person you're actually looking to Well, even with. if I'm on the other end of that, if, for example, I've had, I've, and I want to be really careful how I talk about my <laughs> past experiences because oh. I never want to sound like I'm being sonoring, but there have been quite a few times where within date one or two, there's a mention about marriage and I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> Someone has to come into the restaurant and I rescue me with the paramedic and, and right. I don't know what to... I think mainly because... It's not because I'm terrified of marriage. It's just the fact that they didn't know me. Right. And they haven't even had a conversation with me longer than an hour to make any adjudication to show me I'm secure and I don't actually need your validation or your commitment to me mm. to make a decision that you're the right one for me. It's kind of like, it, it seems like it didn't matter who it was sitting in that chair over dinner. Wow. It could be anyone. Because all of a sudden I've, I've kind of ticked a lot of boxes, the danger of the list. 
ticked a lot of boxes for them that they then go, well, great, you're, you're it, clearly. And I'm like, well, I could be a psychopath. Please put the shoe on. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it fits, I'm sure. I know. So that's, that's been the danger that I've had. And I think, and, and I know that as a girl and being in amongst many conversations with other girls, we're often talking about almost kind of scanning whether someone's enough for us and the other way around. Totally. It's such a, this is why I like talking about it on occasion, not all the time now, because even talking about it and commenting on it, and this is why you're wise to not talk about it very often. <laughs> Ever. I don't Ever. talk about this. My interns all year have been like, please teach us about dating, and I'm like, no. <laughs> I, to this day, have not. I'm like, I'm not doing I that. I know. I think, I think a lot of it is down to the fact that, I, I mean, I, I wrote about it because it was the most fragile part, I think, of our hearts, this side of marriage. I think once you're getting into engagement and you kind of know you're both in, I think you feel less fragile and more like, okay, we're on the trajectory of something beautiful happening. But when you're such early stages, it's where so many people can get hurt, injured, wounded, make an entire impression of what guys are like, right. just based on the tiniest interactions with other people. Totally. And so, yeah, that's been, that's been the, the, I think that's why there's such a heightened fear around it yeah. because it's probably one of the most fragile things to experience totally and yet we've got to do it like getting a shot exactly so I just <clears throat> I, did, I think for me that's why I keep on trying to push to so many people that I speak speak into their lives for You've got, I've kind of got the two realms the one realm of absolutely terrified to get into anything and so they're constantly finding problems with the other person or they're desperate to get into something and so we'll ignore all the problems of the other person <laughs> totally. and just completely fast track the whole thing until I think they're, they're it, they're, they're the marriage, they're, that's it. And I'm like, how long have you known them for? Two weeks. Okay, so <laughs> maybe just spend three months exploring them. Four months. Yeah. I appreciate the attraction. It's good that you find that in them. But I don't think it means that you have to make a decision that I think the jumping into a clarification of what a relationship is well feels like it's trying to confirm a vulnerability and, and almost fix and supplicate the vulnerability. Does that make sense? Totally. In the sense of everyone's wanting to find something really quickly, so then it's not as fragile and yeah. terrifying anymore. Yeah, and I think also a big contributing factor to why that doesn't work and why it's such so off-putting is because when you get checked off mm. on someone's list like this the whole experience is self-serving for the other guy right it's not he's not oh, contributing yeah. to you he's not serving you he's not looking to like build anything with you he wants you to be something in his world and it's like obviously there's a beautiful union where you guys get to partner with and go together in a direction and whatever but there's a big approach to this whole subject that I think I find I just know. really repulsive where you know people are basically trying to turn someone into something for them I don't think anyone wants yeah. to do that I don't think anyone would set out with that intention but I think that tends to happen with just some of the parameters we're working with. It's like, this is, I mean, sometimes can almost feel vampiric. It's like, this is yeah. a person, like they're yeah. a human being, you know what I mean? And there's a Ooh, whole I lot... like that word. Really? It's kind of dark, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I've never heard that word before. Okay. Yeah, I don't love that. Did you then... make it up? Was it... No, vampiric is definitely a word. Is it? Yeah, it's like vampire-like, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> no, that's, that's what a... I thought Oh, I'm pretty sure that's a word. Vampiric. I'm gonna have to look up yeah, Interesting. Um, and then another thing I also like find to be super stressful and distasteful in this whole arena is there are people, both on the women and the men's side, just especially people that I've personally been mentoring, mm -hmm. not I don't, whomever, you know what I mean? Yeah, just sure, experience sure. in the conversation sure. where the person I'm talking to doesn't know who they are. They're mm -hmm. not convinced that they're who they are or mm -hmm. that this is enough in them. And so this other person becomes the proof. The validation, yeah. the source, the IV bag to yeah. give me permission to be this in my life or to mm -hmm. have this or to believe this about myself. And I'm like, that whole thing is nauseating. I mean, it's true in relationship in general, but including, and maybe it's even more rampant in the dating culture where this person, and I think culture obviously just even ethnic background obviously plays a factor in this also, but... Like, when your boyfriend or girlfriend, like, mm -hmm. then makes you acceptable or successful or, like, lovable or accept, like, these mm -hmm. things, I'm like, ugh, we're in some really ugly, codependent, and meshed territory that's just, like, nasty, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. like, trying to move people forward at it, like, not agreeing with that stuff, but still moving towards somebody and then yeah. trying to, like, cater to someone else's experience oh, yeah. in this relationship, it, it seems to be, like, a lot of work, and then... 
you know, when you move things forward prematurely and you're not actually in a place that's like on stable ground and you're like trying to care for and love someone else, I don't know you're set up for success. But then I like, I also go down this, this thought process and now we'll go to the other side of the spectrum. Right. And I'm like, is there any point that I ever think people are ready to get married? You know what I mean? I like there's obviously like, it's going to be well, messy. Well, I think that's the problem that we have in our jobs is, and this is one of the things I'm noticing of, of counseling. I remember shadowing some right at the very beginning of just being fascinated with dating in the Christian dating culture, probably about eight, nine years ago. I remember shadowing a couple that were repudiated to be amazing at counseling and bringing marriages back together. And I remember after watching their first session they were doing with another couple, I thought, my gosh, all the things that I thought I needed as a single person going into marriage are not the things that I need going into marriage. Like what? Well, I just, you know, handsome. (laughs) Blue eyes, you know, some kind of well-read, intelligent, makes me laugh, energetic, but not too energetic, like all these different things, you know. And then at the same time, I'm aware that the things that actually keep a marriage going were not those things. It was conversation, it was respect for each other. And I would say, as soon as someone tries to fasten the pace on something at the beginning of dating, you've already lost respect for them. And that's been the part that has actually got me to a halt time and time again. And for, so I'm kind of similar to you of wanting to be friends with someone for a fairly long time. So you know them in all the seasons you've done. Um, you've done a lot of life together. You know exactly what you're saying yes to and all the things that you're like, okay, that's interesting, but I have a lot of grace for it. Mm. And I do think sometimes there are different things in different people that you're given the grace for to navigate and manage and to love them in. Totally. But when you're when you're counseling this much with other people, you're like, okay, that's a red flag, that's a red flag, that's a red flag. <laughs> it yeah. becomes, if I have to spend an intentional journey in my life making sure that I don't push people out because I keep seeing all of the, yeah. oh, that could be dangerous. This could be, this could be a question mark here. This could, you know? Yeah, totally. That's definitely a thing. And I actually had this thought maybe three or four years ago. This is weird. Yeah. I was like, just, just given my upbringing, especially being American, I'm like, whoa, this is a weird thought to have. But there's a part of me that like wonders, because I think that commitment and a resolve and a willingness to like carry out an aim or a, a, you know, an agenda that you had, pure hearted and sincere, yeah. is a huge contributing factor to the success of a relationship. It's not like the chemistry and the, you know, how much are you guys getting along and that stuff. Obviously those things are symptomatic and we want those to be good, but yeah. I don't know if those are like pillars and foundational yeah. to the relationship. It's like, can you actually be a person of your word? Are you willing to say, I'm sorry? Are you like teachable? Are you mm-hmm. willing to like submit to somebody else? And you know, these things be pretty, seem to be pretty significant. And I think, I mean, I'm even looking at this whole millennial thing that's going on and apparently I'm considered a millennial. I don't identify with the millennial generation, but I am born with it. I'm like three years into oh, it. Okay. So, so maybe people I'm, three years older than me are still considered millennials or whatever, yeah. which is peculiar to me. But anyway, in that, especially on the younger end of that scale, you start seeing a generation growing up with this instantaneous, you know, um, microwave culture where just, I get this stuff all the time easily. And I have access to all this, all these gadgets and media that just help release endorphins in my life that allow me to, you know, medicate on my emotions yeah. instead of actually seeking relationship and doing work in connection and having to wait for things and persist and whatever. So that's, I think, like ugh, kind of a detrimental factor in, you know, how a whole generation has been raised up with parenting, obviously the environment, that kind of stuff. Simon Sinek does a YouTube yeah. thing on this. I thought was super yeah. insightful. But anyway, all that to, to say, like, I think going into a relationship, someone's willingness to bring of themselves and their like ability to like know that their yes is solid and they're going to overcome whatever's thrown their way yeah. is a huge contributing factor to the success of a relationship. And then any dysfunction that comes up, whether it's from them or from their partner, like it's not this huge like tornado to have to navigate because they know who they are and what they're bringing to the table. And so they're going to be able to overcome whatever variable they didn't anticipate, whatever dysfunction we might identify or diagnose at the beginning of a relationship that resolve. If you've got two people who can bring that to the table, I'm not super worried about that, but in the generation that's coming up, I'm like, Oh, I don't find that a lot. I don't find a ton of like this deep rooted foundational, like trust in myself and my ability to follow through and, you know, be a person of my word. I'm not trying to like, diminish the character of these people but I do find that that's not super exercised yeah, I, do, I do think I think that like you said the microwave culture has actually stopped one of the things I'm starting to write on at the moment is actually perseverance part of the importance of a noble character is perseverance so when when we're looking at 
you know, my friend said not too long ago, you know, we go to you and I, she said, and she was talking about how she's hiring an awful lot of millennials and people younger than I'm going off the dating subject for a minute, but I'll come right back. <laughs> and she says, you know, you and I had this idea about what we would want to watch for a movie. We would get in our car, we would drive to Blockbuster. We would choose which film we wanted to watch, realizing it's Saturday night and all of that film had sold out already. So you had to go for option two or three. You buy it at the desk and pay for rent for the night. You take the VHS home, you put the VHS tape in the thing, it hasn't been rewound, so you have to do it. You watch the movie and you return it because otherwise you have a late fee. And that is now, that, that whole thing, you can always go for option one and you get it in a second. And so that even in the tiny mundane things that we used to do in life, they don't have to do that anymore. There's, right. never, there's never a need for compromise. And even mm -hmm. the other day, I was asking some people about, you know, what are the things they're finding on online dating and the, you know, highs and lows, things that they liked about certain apps they were using. And one of the statistics I learned, I don't have the actual numbers, but I did have a statistic that said that um, Christians lie more online than atheists do. About their dating profiles? About themselves. What? Isn't that awful? Awful. We're supposed to be set apart in our integrity <laughs> and, our, and our honesty. And there we are lying about our height. What? <laughs> because, because marriage is such an onus to us. And yet at the same time, um, a, lot of, a lot of men and women have just not been feeling respected. They feel like they've been ghosted. They've been talking to someone online for a bit and all of a sudden they just disappear. Wow. Because they can. Right. There's no accountability. It's your ownership you right. have to take charge of. And so I think there's there's a whole load of elements that are missing out on character that is actually one of the reasons now why we're not seeing great dating ethic go on. Totally. Yeah. Big contributing factor. And it's like such right. a big bummer. And you're watching people like just clunkily bash each other through this, what we're putting a relationship title on. They're like, yeah. you're not in a relationship. You guys are like beating each other up. This is crazy. Like, why are you still <laughs> seeing this person? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I just, there's so much debris in the midst of what this is supposed to be. It should be fun. It should be invitational. It should fun. be so... Talk to me about fun. What do you mean? What does fun look like? Because most of the time that normally means breaking physical boundaries. Right. <laughs> that's, been that's been the journey of um, we broke physical boundaries. We were having fun. Yeah. <laughs> we had too much fun. Oh okay, well, let's just try and figure out other ways to have oh fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, obviously, the physical side of the relationship is going to be fun. That's, a, of course, a major factor. But, I mean, I should hope that in in the dating relationship where this is going somewhere, that you get to intellectually enjoy each other, that emotionally you guys are connecting, that you're laughing a lot, that you like, get to go even be athletic together and like play oh, some kind of physical... Me. You lost oh, really? Too far? Athleticism. What? <laughs> I thought you said you like... A game of Scrabble, fantastic. <laughs> athletic, okay, I could, I mean, I would have Okay, maybe pushed. athletic is too intense. How about physically active? If it's a game of what squash, I'm out. Dodgeball? If it's a game of dodgeball, badminton. maybe. <laughs> badminton, I'm, I'm in. I mean, what about spending time in the sunshine together in public with other human beings around? Like, yeah. and not just like sipping on something, staring at each other. Like, what if you're like doing something together? Yeah. You know, I mean, I just, to mix it up, I don't... Um, and I don't want to be, I don't want to come across super cynical or like negative about this. I no. just like, I mean, a lot of what we've come up with as far as what dating looks like and what's expected in that exchange, it just seems pretty patterned and, um, <laughs> there should be fun in it. And I'm not saying that those things can't be fun, but you know, some variety and some pursuit and yeah, like mixing it up and like mm. finding, not just because you, you, you get bored easily. I think mostly it's because you'd like to experience different aspects of this person and like, right. and not to test them and see what's in there, but more just to explore out of curiosity yeah. and celebration. You know what I mean? Like the spirit of that should be, I'm having fun. I want to see like what else is going on here. Maybe you guys love playing badminton. So you just do that all the time. You know, like that's okay. But like mixing it up and finding ways to like, because there are parts of us that come out only at, what are you doing right now? You have this <laughs> yeah, like just, devious smile as I'm like, unchanging so while I'm much. talking I'm over here. I love you so much because I just love how much you gesticulate when you get passionate about these things. And you didn't think that you were all that passionate about this subject. I'm not. Christians, we revert to the scripture, which was written 2,000 years ago, and now we're in this sort of dilemma going, 
how do I look up wisdom on online dating on Bumble? You know, it's right. that sort of, it's that thing of everyone's trying to almost conform, I guess, to a custom of this world, and and I and I do wonder whether there's something about dreaming and character that I think is actually so prevalent for this age, and I just don't know how we get there. That's Act Two. Okay, I think I'm going to need you to simplify this for me. Okay. Act two is, you said dreaming and character. So act one is the current world that we were in. Okay. I'm also teaching about the three-act structure of a story. Okay. Is there any writers out there that want nice. to know how to write stories? I hope so you guys act take one notes. is the current, <laughs> <laughs> the current world that we're in. Um, the battle of... Uh, act two is basically the battle of worlds. So essentially trying to get to another world, which is essentially act three. Act three, in our case, is kingdom culture. In dating. Yes. Which we're, gonna, which we're going to talk about. Oh, God, it's coming. I feel like I'm on a train about to say I know, I know. Oh, my. But actually, if, if we make it more simple, what does honor look like in dating for me? You said about fun. Yeah. But there is an honor thing as well. For sure. Are you asking me that question? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think that comes from both, both parties. Um, and I don't know that it should show up just in dating. I think it should be who you are. It should be a way of life. So then it would naturally just express itself in this other pursuit right mm. but like and I think I spend a lot of time in my environment with my team clarifying the difference between the spirit of honor and the practice of honor oh talk to us about that <laughs> I mean these are different things different things right yeah these are different things <laughs> 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 honor is a spirit and so we have protocol and practicum that comes from the nature of, of honor there's a pattern that obviously is emitted from okay. the essence of the that aspect of the Lord um, but when you decide that standing up and clapping for somebody is honor and it actually gets divorced from the spirit of honor, the standing up and clapping thing can actually become something other than honor. Mm. And you can't just like do the act and think that it's always that. And I think there are people who legitimately label certain acts as things that are in the spirit and they're not the same. Oh, come on, Mike. Let's, let's go there. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> okay. go there. Okay. I mean, You're on to something. Oh, great. Well, yeah. yeah so, I mean... Any kind of expression, whether it's verbal or physical or just like whatever kind of like expressions coming forward is always a vehicle. It's empty by itself. It doesn't ever represent its own thing. It's yeah. always supposed to be carrying something of substance, which is spirit. Yeah. So spirit comes through our action, our choices, our words, the way that we express ourselves. So I might honor somebody by tipping my head to them. And if I stood up and clapped to them, they'd be dishonored, right? And so if I have to stand up and clap every time and call it honor. But actually, the spirit of the matter is that's not appropriate for what's happening here. Right. We want to follow the spirit, not just do our routine of what honor looks like. So if we talk about something like dating and what mm. honor might look like in that context, it's going to change based on what's happening in the exchange. So these two people coming together, which, by the way, I'm very passionate about this idea. When two people meet and might have a relationship, I don't just mean romantic. I mean, even just friendship. When you have two unique individuals who have started on a on a friendship even. Mm. What they have together has literally never existed before. They're creating something that the world has never witnessed, right? Ever wow. in the history of mankind. I mean, because that's- Because they're two uniquely individual they've people never with existed. brand new stories. Yeah, okay. I mean, stories, expressions, natures, callings, anointings, all that stuff coming okay. together to create a connection between two of these creative beings that come from the heart of God. We are an expression of his multifaceted diversity. Okay. He's so complex, right? And so that's, we're just talking about friendship right? right let's talk about like dating slash getting to the marriage thing you start bringing these two people together and they start creating something that's neither of them it's something that has come from who they are together i mean children are more physical obviously expression of that but like their relationship is a thing that ministers to the lord the mm. thing is like releasing uh, a frequency that the lord is ministered to by right and so how we treat each other this is not just true for dating but obviously applies in the dating context how we treat other people and the way that we choose to connect with them ministers to the Lord one way or the other. It might be repulsive, repulsive to him, yeah. right? Or it might be like an aroma that's sweet and like wow. expressive of his own nature being expressed in this exchange we're having with people. So honor, like any other spirit, then is expressed through how we choose to conduct ourselves, but it's going to come from our connection and our submission to the nature of honor, not our idea of what it's supposed to look like, right? We learn from him and his nature what right. that looks like displayed. Right. And so there's also room for versatility, like creativity in yeah. that. So I might like, let's say in the dating context, like, I mean, if we look at more traditional expressions of dating, like men would typically like 
open the door, close the door, like mm. pay for dinner, like be the one like coming up to the, all that we have like, yeah, we see that kind of thing, which obviously can be an expression of honor. But yeah. today, if you do those things, it might not necessarily be honorable. It might feel awkward. It might feel forced. It might feel inauthentic, especially if it's not coming from your heart. I'm not yeah. saying you can't do those things and those things won't be honor. Yeah. Culture can't take that from you. It depends on why you're doing it. If you're doing it because you have to, because you're like this is what's expected of you, and it's right. not coming up from like a desire inside you, but you're doing it because you're trying to do the right thing. That's not honor. That's performance. That's manipulation. That you know, we're getting some weird stuff. Yeah. But when it's genuine and it's coming from a desire of like, I want to give this to you, and it's valuable to me, and uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Then the thing changes. So it's always going to be according to the spirit of the thing. Like, why is this happening? Yeah. Why? Whatever. So. um I mean, obviously that can happen in like an actual, you call a, we're going to put air quotes on this, a date. You're going to dinner, you're going to lunch, you're going to, like having a coffee date, whatever it is you're doing, there are ways to display honor in that. But I think honor deeper than just how you're treating somebody is coming from like how you posture your heart toward them and how you regard them in your own heart, even when they're not around, even when you're not having having a conversation, like we all have a relationship with the ideas of who people are in our lives, mm. right? So when we leave any person and we're alone in the woods, we still have relationships, mm. right? And then the way we posture ourselves to these people, the way we think about them, the way we even like maybe mentally talk to those people or whatever, yeah. honor still resides there or it doesn't. And so what you practice there is what will be displayed eventually. Your yeah. performance will never out, outlast the state of your heart, right? Yeah. And so if honor is how you hold this person, this relationship, whatever it's going to naturally come out and be expressed it could be clunky but it'll come if it's not there that will also come out you might be all suave and smooth at first but eventually it will become evident that 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 was never there to begin with yeah or whatever and so i think there's a discipline there not of like how i act there's a discipline of how i allow myself to be influenced in regards to the ideas that i've said yes to in my life but this is one of the things that i on a very simplistic note why I think I disdain the commentary of uh, sister and brother. When everyone pulls up the sister and brother card, you're a good sister to me, you're a good brother to me. You disdain that. It sounds, it sounds honourable. It sounds like they're trying to place you in the, and they're trying to be honouring in the sense of clearing exactly where you stand with that person. But also at the same time, it, it's, if it comes without communication... Or it comes with a label that's actually just before then you were much more than brother or sister to each other. Mm. Then it becomes incredibly dishonouring. And so I often try to speak to a lot of people again, can you just take off the brother or sister cards and never use that <laughs> when it comes to dating? Yeah, I'm revoking because, this license from you. You yeah, don't know how to use it. Veto. There's <laughs> right. two words of veto. You can use your communication and clarify with so much more honour and so much more respect if you don't use those two things. Mm. Um has this happened to you? Yes. Have you done this to people? No. <laughs> <laughs> you mean where like someone put you in a sister category when previous this conversation that wasn't the case? Oh no, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gone from the extremes of um, how do I say this kindly? Um, it's gone from the extremes of you know people sort of placing out. Oh, you know, I had visions of marrying you. They've communicated that. Oh, yeah. And then only about four weeks later, uh, because you are not going as fast track as they are, they pull out and they go, you know, I still respect you as a spiritual sister in Christ. And then they'll give you a a sweet little scripture or something. And I'm like, oh, no, this isn't... No, no. (laughs) You were good at the... um, You were good at just pulling away. I think that was kinder than trying to fill this in with what I think you think are the right things to say but actually why do you think they're doing that because it's uh, they're trying to be respectful and they're trying to be honoring but that's I think when we hide behind religion mm. rather than actually are honest with our own hearts like it's not spirit yeah. and I can actually tell when people are actually in the secret place when they have a relationship with the Lord because they're mm. not using that stuff they're coming out with original lines they're coming out with thought that has been clearly processed with the Lord to go how do I handle this well knowing that I'm actually putting away from this person this could be hurting them mm-hmm. on some level right. and I you know I wasn't actually hurt by that I mean because I think it was the right thing to just knuckle that down and say no no let's not move forward because I think you want me to be your wife and I've known you for three days so <laughs> I don't think this is a good idea <laughs> you know and I think I think sometimes as well because of this culture that we have marriage is such a focal point if not sometimes idolized by a lot of the dating world 
we get into a space where we want to be those things and we pretend that we're something that we're not, exactly like you're mm. saying. Yeah. The ownership thing is a big thing. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I mean, ownership's huge in every area of life, yeah. right? I mean, especially in our relationship with the Lord. Mm. Like, whatever we don't take ownership of, we don't actually get to give to Him. Mm. Especially in a car crash. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was just thinking that when I was looking over the freeway, I'm like... That's I really quickly. want someone to take ownership when they've crashed into my car. Oh, yeah. Oh. Totally. I mean, Wait, this, we're back into that one. Did that happen? <laughs> this is the same person? Who is this person? <laughs> no, thankfully not. Um, they weren't old enough to try the car. I'm joking. That was a total joke. Your face was amazing. Your face was something else. Anyway, so Ownership. Big deal, for sure. Huge. <laughs> And then, and then you can even feel it in an apology or a breaking away. And the other thing I would say is, it's the break. The breaking away is as important as when you get with someone, because um, not that I want everyone to break away from each other. I'd like people to go into marriage and have these wonderful dreams be fulfilled. But one of the things that I've, I've another statistic I heard of, and I've mentioned this before sometimes, is um, in Manhattan they did a survey of. Um, Christian churches and dating culture, and 80% of the men in Manhattan were dating outside of their church because they were so worried about getting a bad reputation totally. or making mistakes, <clears throat> and the females uncovering them by lots of chat and gossip. Wow. And so they are ending up actually dating a lot of non-Christian girls because they don't actually trust the Christian girls. Wow. In their own climate. Look at that culture. culture. Isn't that wild? It's crazy. And it is true, actually. Do there are there are there is a sense that people just don't cover each other in the moment because they're so scared, so insecure, so frightened, so inexperienced. Totally. That they go around and talk to everyone, and they're trying to justify themselves totally. in the journey. Totally, that's a thing. I had a buddy of mine who came to BSM, uh, met Jesus shortly before he came out, mm. which is, I think, not a super common experience, but that was his situation. And so he was very rampant in the world of dating outside of the church. Coming here and realizing that it's a very different practice and different protocol and hold all these unspoken rules, he, like, took some time to just, like, learn, like, what is okay or what's not. And he started, like, asking girls out to go out to coffee and stuff individually and whatever because this was just was normal yeah. for him. And, and his attempt to try and express this in a Christian context and, okay, we go to coffee. And yeah. he was trying to, like, adjust his yeah. cultural norm here and then stop doing it because people just talked about him a bunch and started getting this reputation that he was, oh, like, this, man. like, man whore. I mean, no one would say that <laughs> word, but they were kind of treating him that way because wow. he was going on these coffee dates with these people. Mm-hmm. And could he have handled it differently? Maybe, but I'm like, I don't know that he did anything wrong. Like, I think this guy's yeah. looking to just, like, connect and, like, actually pursue yeah. interests. And, like, should he be shamed for that? Should he be, like, yeah. pinned to a certain, like, is there a statistic that he should stay within in order to remain, I don't know, mm-hmm. chaste or up, upstanding with us? or what? Yeah. You know, like, where are these standards coming from? I understand where it's, like, how we get there and, like, the perspective. But the alternative to that is, like, how are guys supposed to, like, explore this? And how are they allowed to make mistakes without this costing them? and their reputation and you know yeah. like the higher stakes that it becomes the less it's going to happen and we see a huge deficit in like men pursuing women at BSSM right or yeah. in the church in general like we don't see a ton of dating and Chris has obviously had to like give a push like hello yeah. can we do this can this happen please uh, and he's putting out some really great points from the men's perspective and just as far as their own development and whatever but we've got a culture that I think you know antagonizes that whole practice and that. yeah, yeah. It makes it like anyway yeah. so I think that's yeah another, I don't know if this is appropriate for act two no, it's fine. This is part still. of the battle of the conflict. Of, uh, <laughs> but also, I would say, and this is probably a personal question, you don't have to answer this, obviously, you don't have to answer any question I give you, because you're a powerful person. Right. Um, but, as a leader, in this environment, is it harder for you? I'll give you my answer, after yours. Uh, <laughs> 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 is it harder for you today? Uh, I'm going to say generally... more people are watching. I'm going to say generally yes. I mean, because it feels like, you know, yeah. if this thing doesn't go well, like, it's going to be... Dude. It's not just going to be the end of that. You're going to have to deal with it's other people. It's the end people's... of your classes. It's the end of your career. <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I feel that strongly. But, like, I mean, as a leader in this environment, any like, a lot of the things that you do are going to be talked about, and people are going to make rumors about you mm-hmm. and whatever. And um, So I don't know if I'd say... I don't know if I personally think that it makes it harder. I think it just means you have to be more vigilant and more intentional yeah. about how it is you want to go about 
exploring this, you know, because there are ramifications and consequences to choices that you make and how things turn out and what people, because, you know, I mean, even you and me, when we're like getting lunch or something or whatever, if I throw you on my Instagram story, rumors just fly about, right? And like, we laugh and like send each other screenshots of these comments people make. That's why I dress up like you. (laughs) (laughs) I disguise as a man. I wear a moustache and have many dinners Uh, with different people. Carrie actually borrows my moustache. I do. I do, it's true. But I, I, yes, I think that being a leader, probably this is probably true of any environment, but yeah, I think being a leader makes this a little more of a higher stake scenario. Yeah. Um, and then it probably starts to feel a little, not, I don't know if work's the right word, but you have to, you start thinking a little more soberly about the whole thing rather than getting to mm. start with this curious, playful. That's something I think that can happen, but it has to be yeah. almost quarantined or like yeah. <laughs> catered to or whatever, you know, like. So I guess, yeah, that's my answer. Yeah, I think that is, it's more challenging. I don't feel like a victim in that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't feel like it's not fair and whatever, but, like, I get it. But, yeah, it's a factor for sure. I think it, for me, it was actually more of a choice. I knew I knew it was going to be tough. I, I, one of the reasons why I was nervous about becoming a pastor in the environment was for that reason. Because I was already making some kind of name for myself by writing about dating. And I just had two books out and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and it has, it does affect if I go on dates especially if they know of the things i've written about because you know they'll pass over an nda agreement at the end of the meal going do you mind not mentioning me in your next oh my god <laughs> they haven't actually done that that's an <laughs> but there are times where they go please don't talk about as if i would do that you know during the time i or that you know if i do mention a story i check in with them and go is it all right if i talk about this and just what we learned from it and they normally they're normally pretty fine yeah i think yeah i and this is maybe stepping a bit out of the dating conversation. I think, mm. I think it applies, but as what I'm doing with my team and the new culture world and whatever, as that continues to grow, I feel myself increasingly growing nervous. Like, and yeah. not because I'm afraid of success or from like us making the impact we want to make. Obviously, of course, I want that stuff. Yeah. But I also just embracing myself for the backlash of just yeah. people's misunderstandings, their assumptions, the, the prejudices they'll bring to the table, the rumors they're going to... The miscontextualizing. All the, yeah, I'm like, man, the That's more the impactful one. you become, the more that stuff grows, which sucks. I don't yeah. think it has to be the way, but it does seem to be like yeah. part of the territory. And so like, obviously in the dating world, that again is applicable. It's like, man, this stuff becomes things without you. And mm. People are just looking, for, I don't know if they're looking for it, but they just grab that stuff and they, they almost feel like a right to it because it's you, you're public. Like. Well, I think that's it. And also, I think they're also looking for your, for the happy ending in your life so then it can be a testimony for them. Ah, Which yeah, what, so I, their so hopes I, and dreams are so right. always, and I love the kind of rallying for me and people wanting to see me married and I see you in a wedding dress and all this kind of stuff that I get an awful lot of the time. And it's, it's so gorgeous to have just such a team championing you. What a support. At the same time, I'm never going to post about anyone that I'm dating unless I'm engaged to them. Wow. <laughs> because yeah. because the, the heightened excitement around a yeah. relationship is so intense, I don't get to explore it myself. Right. Everyone's made the decision how right. they want it to end. <gasps> I almost grabbed you for a second. Uh, <laughs> yes, that does feel, that hits me. Like Yeah. I you, want, you want to be re- representing the testimonies. You don't want to represent what Satan's doing today. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, I don't, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to be that part. I just want to be the walking testimony of his love and adoration for us as sons and daughters on the earth, you know. <sighs> and yet, I think because of the position that we're in, the influence we're in, I know that I and I felt that it was going to be an area that I'd be uh, challenged by more than any other because it was the most fragile. It's my soft spot. It's all, oh, the, all the things. I think you're braver than I am in this respect. That's yeah. Well, all uh, yeah, stupid. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I do think that that is a dynamic that I definitely try to avoid so like I feel really hesitant even wanting to say anything about uh, even a potential direction in that area because then people in my life I mean even people on my team who are close to me like Mm. like hey something and I'm like I'm probably not going to because I don't want people to rush ahead of me and start like trying to create something that's not there that I haven't gotten a chance to like decide upon explore experience yeah and it just feels like it robs from that and then all of a sudden if i do go down this road that people have already celebrated and declared and whatever i'm like was this even my choice like did i like it almost feels like they've stolen something from my journey if you will which i might be super super sensitive about this but it does feel like a thing like i I don't want that you know so i start looking all secretive and cryptic yeah do i have to live in the shadows i'm all lurky and weird like i'm not i don't want to be that guy but 
I also would like to enjoy this and like yeah. let it be mine and feel freedom to be able to explore. You know, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that does. I feel strongly about that. It's, it does feel like a thing. Yeah, it's a real. It's a real thing. And I, I'm sure there are other things I can figure out and how to navigate that stuff. But I think that's why, as well, I wanted to look at the likes of things like codependency and those kind of subjects that I think are a much bigger problem than actually dating. God, yeah. Because there are too many, and I've said this before, too many codependent characteristics that are guys as Christian virtues. Totally. And so... It's, you're being, you're loving someone, you're being nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. rescuing someone. Ah. So, I, so that for me, I, I just, I'm just longing to see people take their time People respect other people. What does respect look like for somebody else? Navigating their dreams, honouring what they're actually wired to do, which might be sometimes in, a, in an adverse battle with you and what you're wired to do, but we're willing to work through that stuff. Like, all of those things, what does honour look like in dating? And, I'm, and, I'm, and I think we're still working it out because it's constantly changing. Totally. Yeah. I, are we in Act 3 now? Yes. Has that happened? Yeah. I felt like we Did just passed. Yeah, we passed through, and like I think we're here. We're in a, Where's my a new portal. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I think one of the things that I think I would like to see in the dating culture. I think I've said this to a couple people in my world, um, and this I don't think I'm trying to be too idealistic here. I think this oh. is very real. I think this is doable. Oh. Um, but when it comes to being a believer, walking with Jesus, carrying out an assignment, having an anointing on your life, there's a plan and a purpose for what God's doing as you hear. Mm. I would like that to be a major contributing factor to how you decide that this person belongs with you or not. It's not the deciding factor, but okay. I think it should be a... Um, Give me an example. Yeah, like, let's say you're going to... Okay, let's use me as an example. Instead of me making something up, let's just talk... Oh, God, is that too close to home? No, go for it. Can you at least try and hide your glee on this? Okay. <laughs> okay, let's say, like, take me for example. Obviously, I, like, I have my foot in the ministry world. I'm also an entrepreneur have a huge passion for elevating the spiritual intelligence of the planet, would like to like create a lot of content and teach people in this arena and continue to pioneer and experiment and explore. What is, is this it? your mission statement? Yeah. Sounds great. Have you not heard that before? No, I haven't. Let's high five. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, in that, that's a huge passion of mine. I very much, I don't feel like it's something I want to do. I feel compelled. Like I feel almost bound to this path. Like this has to happen. Okay, great. Right? And so um, if that's the direction I'm heading and then I end up with somebody who doesn't have a value for that or is already so occupied in their own thing that there's no space for them to come with me here. Like in my mind, I'm like, man, that doesn't, I don't know. Like it feels like, cause people can find people in totally different industries yeah. and like just live two separate lives and it's like have a great sex life, but then they don't have a ton of a relationship or something. You know what I mean? Not much in the way of conversation. Yeah. Relation, like building something and building like intimacy there, whatever. Like to me, I'm like that. that feels so it's a bit like a vegan going out with a hunter. Exactly. Like I'm like, I don't know if that's a great, I mean, if they both feel passionately and yeah. strongly about them, like that, that doesn't feel like a great yeah. like union there. Like, I've got some young people that I've seen get married, and I'm sorry, young is like irrelevant. That's not the point. <laughs> but like, they get married, and then they're still discovering who they are in the midst of this covenant. Mm. And as they continue to say yes to this, the the spouse becomes almost feeling like a burden or just distraction yeah. or an inhibition which obviously isn't true, but then they start having to like navigate, what does it look like then for me to serve this person? Mm-hmm. I lay my dreams down now. I'm like, I don't know if that needs to happen. I don't know if that's how that's supposed to work. Or some people, mm-hmm. some one of the spouses gets to have their dreams for a season and the other one's going to lay theirs down and then they'd switch and like, what? Like, yeah. I don't think that's how that's supposed to work. I feel like they both should be thriving and being able to pursue that stuff. And I'm not saying they have to do the same thing, but there needs to be like a, a unity and a mutual submission to what they each recognizes on each other's lives and spurring each other toward what the Lord has called them both to do and partnering whatever ways they're able. But I don't know like that that's really on anybody's checklist often. I think that it's like, Hey, do we get along? Do I like their body? Like, yeah, things like that's, that's cute. That's fun. Like, can we think about like building? If you're talking about marriage, can we go there? Like, I would like to see that. Yeah. Go ahead. That's, there are two streams of thought. And I, go, I oscillate between both. Oh, I want to hear this. This is why it's so confusing. I'm with you on the, well, if they're a vegan and <laughs> you're a hunter, this isn't going to work out too well. Because, you know, especially if you're passionate, that's right. true. If you a very, uh, Nick Warren, who I think is the guy that invented eHarmony, his number one principle for why marriages work out is adaptability. Mm. So even if we're not dealing with such opposing ideas for what you're destined to do and what your hobbies are, whatever you believe in. 
there still has to be some level of adaptability towards mm, each other. Totally. The other realm of thought is um, you are each other's destiny when it comes to covenant when you are one. Mm. So therefore, if they have a heart for the nations and you have a heart for the US, somehow you've got to work it out that you can do both. Totally. And I kind of probably go in that realm of mm. thought. But um, I think there would be an added extra something bonus if you are <laughs> little something something <laughs> if you are actually on the same path of things then I I guess I come from an experience where I was an atheist met an atheist and then I became a Christian so the moral coding of what I was changed completely almost overnight you betrayed him I betrayed him completely <laughs> and the poor guy stayed with me for another two years because he oh, loved me so man. much but I knew that our coding and how we build trust which is essentially what all relationship is it's really just the building of trust towards each other. Then I, I think I did go into a space of like, it would be really lovely to actually just, yeah, run after the Lord with someone with you and then you can bounce off ideas all the time. Yeah. My, my father said this once. He said, you know, out of all the things that I know, Carrie, you'll want in a, a guy, the number one thing for you in particular is conversation. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Shouldn't he be slightly handsome? At some point, I have to procreate with them. You know, it really helps <laughs> find them attractive. And he went, yeah, but that, all of that fades away. And he said, my parents were married for 40, oh, 40, 50 years. You know, I left them after 40 years of marriage for the day. And they were talking on the veranda from 7.30 in the morning. He got back at 8 o'clock at night and they were still talking. And he said, and I knew that was the key component for that. And so within conversation, it's all the things you're passionate about, love, are mm. curious for. If you're both curious, then you should both work pretty well with each other because you're feeding all the time information that you didn't know yourself. Totally. You don't know you're falling asleep. No, I don't. Are you serious? <laughs> you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's great, Carrie. That's mm. all crap. What's a time? <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, um, I think, well, I mean, I think one more thought I want to throw in there. On great. This. Let's um, wrap up with this okay. thought. No, I don't want to wrap up. Never mind, yes. I'm good. No, I can't wrap, wrap up. this up. No, you wrap up. This is You're your so podcast. Bad. I've never you seen you be... so insecure in my life. Honestly, you've been. I've never seen you this like self-questioning on yourself. What do you mean? You mean your expertise of your? Oh yeah, I mean, I just feel this thing. whole industry is so foreign to me. Podcasting. Yeah, and... but yeah, I know. But what you don't understand is the gifts of who you are, and I think also. <laughs> The reality is, is that because you honor people, because you are curious to do, you're a one, aren't you? On the Enneagram. There is some speculation I might actually be a three. I don't know. Okay. I'm like coming at it. There might be a bit of a one on you, though. In the sense of, like, you always want to know what, what's the right answer for the healthiest way of doing things, and spiritually, as well as just emotional health. So that's why, that's why I came to you. You know a lot more about this stuff than you realize. I'm He's smiling. To, I'm going to have to just... He's not left the room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm willing to hear that. Oh. Um, so, yeah, you should wrap up. Yeah, no, God! <laughs> I think my general, like, attitude and posture toward that whole part of this conversation is, yeah, I, I want there to... I guess it just it makes me sad to see couples... I don't just mean watching random couples you don't even know at, at a restaurant. Mm. You know, you just judge them because they're both on their phones. Like, oh, there's that man just dead. And we just, like, come to these crazy <laughs> extreme conclusions about people that we don't know at all, right? That's like, I don't mean that. I mean, like, when you have a relationship with married couples who you watch one of the spouses kind of diminish mm. or, like, even die a little bit on the inside. Yeah. And they act like they're happy and they just, they continue to compromise and make this work. But it's coming from, like, I don't believe I'm enough. I don't believe that, yeah. you know, all these lies or whatever. I'm like, that makes me really sad. It makes me paranoid to ever end up in a relationship like that. At this point, I don't think that's ever going to happen to me, but I used to be really paranoid that I would enter. I don't think you're going to end up in a relationship or you're... <laughs> With or someone you're who's going to, like, you know, make yeah. me die inside or I'm going to... I gonna can't die ever or... see that happen. Yeah, but I used to be paranoid that would happen to me, that I would really? end up with someone who just wasn't interested in growing and that didn't care about going after them more in their life and, you know, expanding and whatever, and that I yeah. just have to drag them along and convince them that this was worth it and all these things. Yeah. And I was like, uh, and I just had this paranoia, this gripping fear that was going to happen. And just sound, it felt like prison to me. So that's part of why I avoided this for a while. It was like, that doesn't sound like fun. Like, why is everyone rushing into this? Why is everyone in the run? Like, cause I had this crazy lens on me or in that whole 
arena where I was like, I'm going to end up with somebody who's going to make me miserable. And part of that was just me working out some stuff that I experienced in my own home life. Right, just right, like, right. What? you know, and I don't need to get into that. But like, that yeah. was a major contributing factor to like paranoia and like fear in this whole arena. Yeah. And so I, I don't feel like gripped by fear of that, but I think I do still see, and even just some of them. <laughs> oh, I almost said a thing what I don't want to say. say. Just even at times where I've met with people who are married and we've talked about their relationship, um, the stuff that comes up, that the, the inner dialogue, the choices that were made without the other person, assumptions, accusations, yeah. and things that cost them vitality for years or whatever. Yeah. Um, like that makes me so sad. I'm like, how did they end up in this relationship where this became their life, that this yeah. was what played out for the last 10 years. Yeah. And so I think that's where my value for being aware of the calling on your life and letting the Lord be a huge like pull for where you're going and then who belongs with you in that boat. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know that I want to get super dogmatic about that, but I do feel like that is a safeguard for not entering into something that ends up being, I don't know if lifeless feels too strong, but like the, it's, yeah. it's dead and, has misery in it in a bit and like causes you to have to just end up resenting each other a little bit. Like I'm like, no, I know there's vivacious, passionate, connected relationships that can last for decades. That yeah. people are just, that they're, they're actually, yeah. So like, obviously that can happen and it's like, but I, I mean, I also experience a lot of not that. Oh yeah. Know? So, but I do, I think honestly, that's why I feel, I never wanting to put down a, a young marriage that where they, you know, cause some of my favorite marriages would be the likes of Bill and Benny or, Right. Maybe it should be a podcast that just doesn't end. It just... Ellipses. Yeah. In sound form. Because dating is that. Yeah. Dating, the the dating culture will always be for as long as we're on the earth. On some level. That makes me sad. Unless we go back to arranged marriage. Now there's another... Wait, what are you doing? You can't end it like this? Yeah, I'm going to end it Are you serious? You can't end it like this. There's... (laughs) We need some kind of closure. I need closure. So we've concluded that arranged marriages are the way to go. I think so. Because we can trust more wisdom of other people and friends. I do. If my friends say no, I don't. I don't date that person. Would you? Would you date someone if your closest friends and family said no? Yeah, I mean... I'd give it a shot if I felt strongly about it. That's what I Well, you've got to pick up that line. You were saying you don't want to, you don't disdain young marriages, right? There are plenty of, mar- of marriages oh, yeah. to respect. There are plenty of marriages that just work through the stuff. So they didn't know what they were called to do. They weren't sure who they were going to be. They were 19 at the time they suggested someone else. So they made the commitment and probably with a lot of insight and people speaking to them, I was going, what you need to know is you might go on totally different trajectories of what you're going to do with your career. You need to be all right with that. You know, yeah. And yet, I think we're lucky in the sense, and this is one of the things I keep on saying to friends who are in their forties and fifties who are still yet to marry or had a, a very young marriage, and exactly that happened with the trajectory of things. Things changed. They had a divorce, and now they're back in the boat again, trying to figure out how on earth they get to off and out of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> one of the things that I say to them is actually, you're in such a beautiful spot because you know yourself and should be knowing yourself more and more. In, in who you are, how you're wired, and what you bring to the table. And so, therefore, whoever you do meet, you know what they bring to the table or what they're trying to bring to the table. They take ownership, they're self-aware of themselves. All these kind of virtues that we sort of ignore this part of day. But I think you learn them when you go through the journey that is life itself. Totally. So, in short, <laughs> dating really is just about building trust. And building trust. Why are you looking at me? I'm taking it in. I'm taking notes. Okay. Papa. Papa. And you... I lost what I was saying. Building trust. <laughs> and having fun. Giggling. All the way. All the to the aisle. Oh. <laughs> but seriously, to the aisle. To the aisle. That's what I'll call this podcast. To, to the, the aisle. aisle. Perfect. I like it. Thank you. You know what, Carrie? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for this <laughs> opportunity. Stop? What a Would you what stop? I love you don't mean growing. That. And, <laughs> there's no honor in your voice. <laughs> yeah, this is the example of what it looks like when someone is carrying out honor but doesn't mean it. Totally. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the pity. 
Okay, but um, on a serious note, Carrie, thank you for approaching the subject with me. You have uh, caused me to have to like step out. Sorry about that. Out into the public to town square and like you know say these things. And if you want it's, a private one-on-one session, that's not a thing. Jeez, one of these days we're gonna talk about the whole building trust subject. Oh well, that should be our next one. Let's do that. Okay. I don't know whether I know much about it. I'm still learning. So you guys, just for some takeaways, those of you guys listening to this who are in the dating arena, basically don't do it. Arranged marriage is the way to go. And we'll be a friend for 15 years before. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's a great example. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do this one more time. One more time. You're trying to hold in the laugh so much that your eyes are watering up, as if air can only get out of your eyes. That's probably exactly what's happening. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. How are we doing on time? Oh, you got 15 minutes to your next meeting. Okay. So there are plenty of marriages. Do <laughs> <laughs> you can just laugh at this? It's fine. There are plenty of marriages there that start out young. I just just. Expression. Oh. It's not just how you gesticulate, it's your facial expressions. I think it's your moustache is like a fantastic comedy prop. I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. The um okay, I'll start one more time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've never had this problem before. <laughs> I just can't I don't think I'll get through it. I don't think I'll make it. You got it. 